0: Well, welcome to the latest podcast with me, Dr. Chris Keel. Today, we're going to talk about something that's been all over the financial press for the last week. It may not be getting a lot of otherwise national attention, but it probably should. And because it's very, very current, I mean, things have been changing almost hourly uh, as far as, as the news is concerned. What it comes down to is that Nippon Steel is attempting to acquire U.S. Steel. And this has sparked a lot of controversy from both the Democrats and the Republicans. There are issues of national security at risk. There's issues of protectionism. There's issues of jobs, you name it. What's interesting is that the leadership of both parties has been... Relatively silent on this. Um, Biden has called for a White House investigation, but hasn't really commented on whether it's a good or a bad idea. Neither has Trump. Um, Trump has been kind of silent on this. You know, he's got much more of a reputation for protectionism, but is, I think, reacting to some of the corporate decision-making that's going on, because U.S. Steel has been a target for acquisition now for over a year, if not longer. And the question has really come down to who's going to buy them. Um, It's not a matter of if they're going to get bought or acquired, it's by whom. And one of the contenders was Severstal, which is a Russian company, and at this point we'd much rather have a Japanese company involved than a Russian company none of the majority leaders in either party, I mean, Schumer has not made much of a comment, neither has McConnell, um, Mike Johnson hasn't, Hakeem Jeffries hasn't, none of them have really taken a position, even though members of Congress and the Senate individually have indeed commented and talked about it being a bad idea or maybe a good idea. Essentially, you've got a kind of a contrast or a conflict between protecting American industry and protecting American workers. One of the things that you're seeing is that the Japanese investors are reacting to all of the impetus that's come out of things like the CHIPS Act and the Inflation Reductions Act, among others. They want a piece of that and they want to be engaged with some of the stuff that's going on that U.S. Steel is engaged with. U.S. Steel is an ideal way for them to get in to the U.S. market without really having to, to kind of start from scratch. Um, it's a $14.1 billion cash offer and it's double what Cleveland Cliffs was offering to pay for U.S. Steel. Their price, obviously, their stock price has jumped like crazy since the beginning of the week. But the feeling is that this may cause more of a ripple within the employment sector. That's a little bit debatable um, because any way you cut it, the steel industry has been shifting away from human work towards more robotic, more technological. So whether it stays with independent u s deal or is acquired acquired by some other company you 're still going to see those job losses um, you 're still going to see the technolo- technolo- what am i saying here the technology part be playing a much bigger role so some of this political discussion is posturing, and that 's one of the things that we 're going to have to be careful with for the next few weeks is that Even if there's not a concentrated effort to stop the merger, you're going to see a lot of rhetoric around it because it's a political year. And you've got voters who will be looking at these individual races and saying, well, hey, are you pro-American or not? And one of the ways that they can demonstrate their their validity is to make comments about a deal that they can't do anything about anyway. So it's... It's it's the silly season. I mean, the politics of the of the year is going to play a huge role in a lot of other things, but it's also going to play a role here. So one of the things that is at risk or under discussion is whether or not this merger really helps us deal with some of the advanced projects that they have begun to undertake. What has come down to is that they need more money. And in order for that to happen, they would either have to come up with it organically or they're going to have to get it from some kind of an acquisition. Nippon Steel has plenty of cash and they're in a position to really advance some of the agenda for U.S. Steel. If they were trying to do it organically, uh, it would really probably mean cuts. And they would have to cut other areas in order to free up money to react to some of the new stuff that they want to do. The steel workers obviously are not happy about this. um And they're ripping into the companies saying, hey, you know, you decided to do this without consulting us. Well, the reality is everybody knew how they would react. Um So it wasn't a matter of, oh, gee, I wonder if the steel workers are going to oppose this or not. Of course they will. Both Nippon Steel and US steel have been more or less working together to counter what happens in China. I mean the Chinese steel threat is still the number one threat. And it's and it's so difficult to fight because the Chinese developed their steel industry not really to develop their steel industry. It's basically a way for them to employ people, and particularly employ people out in the hinterlands. Every little province in China has their own steel capacity. And the reason for this is not that China needs all that steel. They used to. They don't now. But these various provinces, well, they want the jobs. So every time you talk about shutting down a steel operation or cutting back a steel operation in China, you get tremendous opposition from the local politicians and Communist Party leaders who are saying, hey, you can't do that, we hire too many people. So China grossly overproduces every year. And with all of this extra steel, they don't know what the heck to do with it except dump it. And they do, and they basically flood the global market with their steel. Some of it is really poor quality, but they're selling it anyway. So Japan and South Korea and the U.S. and Germany and Britain and every other country that produces steel basically watches the Chinese flood the market every year with steel that they don't know what to do with. So it's a, it's a common common foe. So having Nippon Steel and US Steel combining formally is almost putting a a stamp on an informal alliance that they've had for quite some time. So the upshot for members of of ASA is going to be that steel prices will probably not alter very much. Um, There may be some fluctuation in the short term as people are talking about whether or not this merger takes place. But there is still globally an overcapacity. It's kind of keeping steel prices down depending on the grade and depending on what it's being used for. The anticipated increase in steel prices is around steel used for construction. Because if things like the Chips Act and the Anti Inflation Act, worst named act ever, um there is gonna be more demand for structural steel, things that are going into infrastructure and the like. So no expectation of, of severe changing in the metal prices right now, but stay tuned because this thing is going to get political and it's going to get controversial even more so than it already is. And we probably really won't have a decision until pretty deep into next year. So keep tuned. You know, nothing like a little Christmas miracle right before the holidays. Let's have a major merger that puts everybody on edge. Talk to you later. Thanks.